podcast you've been looking for all along. Step into the life of urban exploration with guests from around the world. Welcome to No Tracers. Welcome back to the No Tracers podcast. I'm your host here on the show. My name is K, just the letter K. I'm also known as No Tracers, no dot tracers on Instagram, no tracers on TikTok, no tracers.com. And I'm also on YouTube at just the letter K. So this week on the podcast, I'm speaking with Josh Metzger Photography. Super stoked for you guys to hear his stories, including his scariest story which is about the time when he parked near some railroad tracks to go into an abandoned place and uh, kind of got caught up by the police and had a whole situation fall apart. And uh, yeah, that, that story is quite the doozy. So I hope you stick around for this episode. Before we get into it, if you're new, please hit the subscribe button so you get notified every Friday when a new episode drops. If you're a veteran listener, if you've been listening for quite some time, or if you've only listened to like one or two episodes and you like the show, please leave a rating and feedback on it so that I know what you like about the show and so that other people looking for podcasts to listen to can read your feedback and take it take it to heart and check the show out. It means a lot to me. If you do that, take a screenshot of your feedback, DM it to me at no.tracers on Instagram, and I will actually send you a signed photo print as a way of saying thank you for doing that. Before we jump into this episode with Josh, I just need to let you know a few things. First of all, I have a book out called No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary. You can pick up a copy of it at notracers.com. Over there, you can also read my blog, read my stories, see my photos, check out my videos. And if you are hard of hearing or know someone hard of hearing that wants to check the show out, it's actually been transcribed and thrown up on my blog. So if you want to go read the episodes, go check it out at notracers.com. I'm slowly updating those, so give me some time. There's a lot of episodes, like 50 episodes, so that's 50 blog posts that have been transcribed that I have to upload. So give me some time, but we're close to getting them all up. Lastly, I need to thank our partner on this podcast, Liquid Death Mountain Water. If you've never heard of him, well, hey, don't worry. I've got an ad for you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water, a water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid death. Murder. Your thirst. So if you want 10% off your order at liquiddeath.com, buy a case, buy several cases, and buy a koozie set, and then use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Thank you guys for checking out this podcast. Without further ado, Josh, please introduce yourself and how long you've been exploring to the No Tracers audience. Okay, so my name is Josh. Uh, it's just my name on Instagram, Josh Metzger Photography. Um, and I've been exploring for about a year. Nice. So what got you into exploring in the first place? What made you catch this bug? Uh, so I say I've explored for about a year, but really when I was uh, when I was younger, my grandparents lived like out in the middle of nowhere out in the country. Um, we spent a lot of time out there, so we'd uh, just spend a lot of time walking on railroad tracks, walking out in the country and come across like abandoned houses, abandoned barns and stuff like that. So 
when I was younger, I went into a few of those and um, just always been intrigued by them, like what's inside, like how, why they're abandoned and all that, the history of them. So that kind of piqued my interest. So I always kind of been intrigued and um, just really didn't really uh, get into it till I moved out here to St. Louis about six years ago um, and kind of came across some stuff I saw on Instagram and that really piqued my interest. So that's kind of where it started. Nice. So uh, for you, when did photography come into play? Like, when did you pick up a camera and start documenting this stuff? Uh, pretty much right away for me, because I've been doing photography before I started exploring. Um, I used to shoot a lot of music videos back in the day um, and kind of dabbled in photography here and there and um, got more serious about doing doing photos and stuff a couple of years ago. So I'd already had a camera and already been taking pictures and all that. So pretty much right away, um, I knew I wanted to, wanted to document the places I was going to. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, same for me, you know, I, I picked up a camera as a kid and I just kind of kept taking photos and making little movies and, you know, I, I just kind of got hooked on it. And I love, I love the fact that photography is something that really brings our, our passion to life. You know, it, it, it allows us to capture these incredible places we get to visit. So um, can we talk about gear for a second? Like what kind of gear do you use? What's your camera? And as far as like exploring gear for, you know, up and coming explorers, what are some gear items you would recommend? And this could be like the bag you use, the pair of shoes you wear on your feet, a light tripod, anything like that. Right. So um, I shoot with the Sony a7 II. I have the a7 III as well, but I usually use that more for like portraits and for more uh, more serious work. I got the a7 II um, just to take with me to Bando. So if it gets dinged up or whatever, it doesn't matter. But um, so I shoot with that. And then uh, my main lens is the 16 to 35 Sony, the F4. Um, that's pretty much all I take with me. I think I got a 50 mil. I usually throw in my bag just because it's light, just in case. Um, but yeah, that's my main setup for that. And really, I've had all kinds of cameras. I've switched back and forth from Canon to Sony to Panasonic to Fuji. Um, but pretty much anything they're making now, you can you can get decent picks with if you know what you're doing. Um, as far as bags go, uh, I have the Brevity Jumper. Um, I saw you may have seen ads for it. They run ads all the time on youtube and amazon and stuff but uh it's kind of pricey but i like it a lot because it's got the the bottom half of the bag has like a main compartment for your camera and lenses and all that and then the top half is just like a regular backpack so you can throw you got room to throw whatever in there extra socks or snacks or water bottles or whatever um so i like that bag a lot um a good tripod i hate using tripods i know a lot of people can't shoot without them but i just hate i hate carrying them and having to set them up i'm kind of i usually like to shoot pretty fast and on the, on the run but um having a good tripod like there's some situations where you can't pull the shot off without one if it's super dark or whatever um so having a decent tripod with a good ball head on it is is good to have i i had a cheap one for a little bit that i tried to take out just because it was super light and trying to cut the weight down but it was such a pain to fiddle with and get set up and then it would slip and move and it's better just to invest in a decent one. So having that's good. Um, a decent pair of shoes. I got I got a pair of boots now I wear um, that are waterproof because I've been in so many places that are have a couple inches of water or a room's flooded or something and having wet feet is the worst. So having some waterproof boots is uh, can never go wrong with that. Having a decent flashlight. Um, yeah. Nice. Definitely. Like I love talking gear cause everybody has their own little like 
you know, critiques of items and their own, their own like, uh, collection of things that they bring into places and like what you mentioned about tripods like some people love them and rely on them and other people like like yourself like you could care less about a tripod unless you like absolutely need it um so can we talk a little bit about the mentality of an urban explorer like why do you do this (laughs) um for me i I just i don't it's kind of like just getting to see stuff that most of the world won't ever see or won't get to see um because you never know you never know what you're walking into and most people don't go into these places so it's kind of cool being one of the only people to to see these things and um just seeing the decay and how they got that way and it's just it's just intriguing to me um and i love the shots you can get some of the stuff you see in the in the abandoned buildings you can't see anywhere else so yeah, it's kind of the mystery of it and being able to see things that most people never get to. Absolutely. And then do you have any urban exploration injury stories? Not really. Um, nothing major. A few cuts here and there, like normal stuff. Um, I almost got a nail through the foot a couple of weekends ago, but luckily it was a it was a shorter one and it was just kind of, it didn't break the skin. But um yeah, no, nothing too crazy. I usually try to be pretty careful. My foot did go through a floor the other day, but um, I didn't get hurt or anything. So, yeah, I usually try to watch where I'm going, and I'm usually pretty careful with what I'm doing when I when I explore. So, nothing, nothing big yet. Hopefully, there won't be anything. Yeah, hopefully, we've heard some <laughs> stories on this show about like crazy, crazy things that happen. People falling through floors or ceilings or getting impaled. Yeah, like, yeah. It, there's been some crazy stuff I've, on this show, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I've heard pretty much every episode. So yeah, I've heard some of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it. Yeah. You know it. Um, and then, what's the longest amount of time you've spent in a bando? Um, I would say probably six or seven hours um we went to one place that it's out it's about an hour from st louis um but it's out in the middle of nowhere kind of to get they got the road blocked off so it's like a mile and a half walk just to get back to where the buildings start and then there's like six seven eight buildings out there just all kind of spread apart so it was a lot of ground to cover uh we started i think at like six in the morning and we got back at our car at like 1 30 or so so that was the probably the longest amount of time that or the hospital. There's a big hospital not too far from here that we spent spent some hours in as well. But yeah, probably that one that's out in the woods, just the amount of time we spent walking just to even get back to them and then going through each building. It was it was a whole day's worth. Damn. Yeah, I recently did uh, my first like overnight at a place oh, okay. and it was interesting because we we like had permission to be there i was uh filming content for a paranormal investigator of all things and uh we i flew out to um the middle of the country and we drove like two hours into the middle of literally the middle of nowhere <laughs> to this old asylum that had like a caretaker and they were like yep you guys can spend the whole night in there oh, like cool. do whatever you need to do it was sick it was like my first time like you know, or not my first time getting permission, but you know, one of the, one of the few times I've actually like gotten permission to go in. Um, and then can you tell me about your scariest exploration? Yeah. So scariest, um, as far as like spooky, scary, I haven't really had nothing major. Um, you know, like the wind blowing and a door shut or something and make you jump or an animal run out and scare you. But, um, as far as like almost getting caught, um, 
me and my buddy were at a uh, at a school, and I knew when we were parking. I park. I swear the cars would always get you caught, but um, I knew when we were we were parking. I was like, we, we ended up parking kind of by the railroad tracks, kind of close to them, and I kind of felt like I had a bad feeling about it. But we went ahead and parked anyway because it was closer. So we parked the car, walked across the tracks. We were exploring this old school, um, and then. We had made it through pretty much the whole school. There was two buildings. We were we were, had just gotten in the second building, and I got a phone call from my wife, and immediately I knew something was wrong because she never calls me like when I'm out. She knows I'm out, and um, so I immediately knew something was wrong. So she called me and said, "Hey, there's an officer at the door here who said your your car was parked on the railroad tracks," and I was like, "No, we're parked by the tracks." But so apparently, the railroad police, which I didn't even know was a thing. But the railroad police saw my car and ran the plates and sent an officer to my house. And so my wife wow. called me. And the crazy part about it is um, she had a brother who actually died in a, in a train accident. So the cop told her my car's parked on the tracks and they didn't know where I was. And so that triggered her and she's freaking out. And um, so then I had she's like, yeah, they told you they gave me this number for you to call. You have to call them, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up calling him. That's what I was doing. I told him I was a photographer. I'm just back there taking pictures. I'm sorry. I'll move my car. And everything was cool. Everything worked out. But yeah, it that was that was probably the worst one. That was probably the worst one because it set my wife off and triggered that stuff for her. And then I felt horrible. And But anyway, it all worked out. We didn't get questioned or anything. I just had to move my car. And we just left and went to two more spots straight from there. <laughs> wow yeah uh i i had a similar you know thing happen i filmed a music video in uh, pittsburgh in this uh, old abandoned glass factory for lacey sturm who used to be the vocalist for flyleaf uh now she does like solo stuff and i i filmed the first the first music video for her like solo project and uh so the railroad tracks were right next to this old glass factory and so we just parked the cars, like two or three cars on the railroad tracks. <laughs> yep. And they were like, it was an active railroad track. So there's trains <laughs> going by and shit. So we we're in there for maybe like two, three hours filming this music video. And then we finish and uh, all of a sudden one of the crew members comes in and they're like, hey, so the cops are outside and they're saying we can't like be here. Like we got to go. Yeah. We got to move our cars and stuff. So I think it's a very um, like a more commonplace thing here in America for like like you said, the you didn't know about railroad police. Yeah. I think that's because like a lot of people nowadays, or not so much like today because of it, but like back in the day, a lot of people used used to hop the hop the trains mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. like do train hopping and stuff. And so they they really like implemented their own like task force to to stop that from happening. So yeah, super super interesting, and that's definitely why like probably why you you got that call because uh, they probably thought you were like hopping the train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I learned my lesson. I don't park park anywhere close to them now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And then uh, over the past like year and a half, we've obviously been going through a pandemic. Uh, have you been exploring during this time? Yeah, yeah, we've been going out still, um, especially recently it's it's opened up a lot here um but yeah even before that we were still going out um it, we we try to hit like i mean we've been hitting two to four spots every weekend for for months so yeah we've been out exploring still um it's actually kind of better when there's less people out less chances of getting seen and getting caught so but yeah still been active awesome i love that i love that people are still doing it and yeah you're right it was uh 
it was actually like more fun to go out during the pandemic because it was like a little more eerie because like you know the city's shut right. down so like i remember my first exploration was like uh like during the pandemic was in like july last year and we hit like two hospitals and a church and like all kinds of stuff and like there was nobody around and it was like all right, yeah. I guess we're uh, we're gonna keep doing this. <laughs> so I ended up going to like Colorado, explored like eight places in Colorado. Oh, cool. Like, it's it's been crazy. But uh, for you, like we do, so we do a lot of like research when we go to these places, either before or after. Do you have a favorite history of a place that you've been? Um, I don't know about a specific place, but probably the schools out here in St. Louis. Um, there's a lot of cool schools out here, and just just some of the history on those I've looked up and what they looked like when they were in their prime and why they shut down. And from what I, last time I looked, I think there was like 30 some schools out here that are, that are abandoned that are shut down now. Um, and I had heard that like back in, back in the peak when St. Louis was really popping that like the school attendance in the city was like a hundred and some thousand students. And then it dropped to like 30,000 some. So they shut down like all these schools. Whoa. So, so there's a lot of schools out there. Still a lot of them I haven't been to, but um, yeah, there's probably, probably the history on those and just seeing the, especially when you can find the old pictures of what it looked like back in the day and then compare them to the stuff you've taken is, is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I love being able to find the old photos. Like, like I was talking about that asylum that I recently uh, explored, they had like, photos of like the original photos up on the walls and like the whole story of the place it was crazy so it was like super cool to get like aerial shots of the building and then compare them with those old photos super super cool and then uh for you like can you talk about social media and what that's done for you not only as a an explorer but also as like a photographer and content creator yeah so um yeah it pretty much connected me with uh with the people i explore with out here um I started on my own, um, hit a few spots and, uh, ended up talking to some people on, on Instagram and, uh, met a few people on there who I explore with regularly now. Like I said, we go out every weekend. Um, but yeah, without really, without being on Instagram and, and making connections with other people, I wouldn't, wouldn't have known a lot of people and wouldn't have known about a lot of spots out here, but yeah, it's helped, uh, as far as connecting with people and finding other explorers and, uh, as, just photography as well as far as getting gigs and getting photo shoots. Um, I know a lot of people have, have drama and stuff, but I stay out of all that. And then everything's been pretty much positive for me um, from being on Instagram. And like I said, connecting with people, I talk to people in other States now that I'm looking forward to when I go, go to their state and explore, I can hook up with them and meet some other people. So yeah, it's all been a plus for me. That's awesome. I'd love to hear it. You know, just uh, my, I guess my, only piece of advice for you would be stay off of Facebook pages. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I be- the drama's at. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I keep hearing that. I, I am in one group out here, uh, like an Urbex, Missouri group. And yeah, that's, that's where the most, that's where you see the most problems. Like I know I've heard other people say it on your podcast too. But that's where people always say you shouldn't be trespassing. And yeah, I've got a, I've got a Facebook page that I post abandoned stuff too, but I'm, I'm kind of on the fence if I even want to keep posting to it. Cause every time I do, I just get like, a bunch of DMs and people asking where it's at and all this stuff. And so, mm. yeah, Instagram's been, been a lot better though. For sure. And then uh, the last thing about social media, can you talk about like people 
like why why we don't really give locations out necessarily and talk maybe about like the people that like vandalize these places that we go into yeah um and that was that was one of the things that i had to learn when i first started because i would i don't think i i don't ever really remember asking someone straight out for a spot but i would always see other people asking and wonder why the the person posting the picture would never post the spot and i didn't really understand it when i first started so um but yeah, if if everybody knows where the spot is, then it just gets blown up. Um, then everybody on the internet can go, and they don't always have the same intentions as, as you do with it. Um, you know, people just go to destroy. And just from the time I've been doing it, going back to places that I've been to two or three times, you can you can tell a difference. Like you can see stuff has been more destroyed, or there's more windows broken out, or or whatever. Um, and then, I mean, on top of just the uh, just them getting destroyed just just gets more security. Um, if there's somewhere that has a ton of people coming and the police are getting a ton of calls, they're going to up the security or they're going to watch them closer. There's a school out here that's that that's kind of happened to one of the more popular ones and used to be you could you could get into it, but now it's sealed up pretty tight and people are getting caught and getting arrested and stuff. So yeah, that's a big part of it. Just people destroying it and them up in the security, then it kind of ruins it for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, do you have any bucket list items, any like goal places that you want to go to that you haven't been to yet? Yeah, there's a lot of places I want to go to. Um, like I said, I mainly explore out here in St. Louis. Uh, we go over into Illinois sometimes cause it's, it's right over, not, not far. We're just right on the border of Illinois. Um, but there's so much stuff here to hit. I haven't even got through all it yet, but yeah, there's a lot of places. I mean, the obvious ones like Chernobyl, um, I want to do. I definitely want to go to uh, go to Louisiana and hit the Six Flags. That's that's a big one. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the some. There's not like a lot of uh, asylums and stuff out here that I've seen. There's a couple around, but yeah, I'd like to go see some of the bigger asylums. Um, yeah, I'd love to do like Europe and some of the castles and stuff that they got over there. That just stuff that we don't have here would would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. I agree about like going to Europe and doing all that stuff. I've I've been to Portugal and that was super sick. Like absolutely love that. But I would love to there's just so much in Europe just because yeah. it's so old, you know, and they've got so much more stuff. America is such a like baby country compared Yeah, compared to everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh do you prefer to explore alone or with people? Uh usually with people. I've done some alone, like I said, especially when I first started or like I did one a couple of weeks ago by myself because uh, my buddy was out of town and there's, I mean, there's a, a few advantages to doing it by yourself as far as like being able to shoot what you want and um, move at your own pace and all that. But, but I usually like to have at least one other person. Um, one or two is usually what I prefer. I've done it where there's been like four people, but then it's, it's just kind of hectic and there's always somebody in your shot and it's a little more crazy mm-hmm. doing it with a big group of people. But yeah, usually one other person, Maybe two is, is how I like to explore. Nice. And then for, so I love this question so much. <laughs> if you could live, if you could live in one place that you've explored for one week, which abandoned place would it be? It would probably, it'll probably be that one I was talking about, that factory that was out in the middle of the woods, just because the size of it um, and the different amount of buildings, like, there's all different types of buildings from, from small like office areas to the big factory part. So there was a giant head out. I don't know what it was. It must've stored something in it. It looked almost like an airplane hangar, just a, just a huge building. 
Um, so it would probably be out there just because of the amount of space and the amount of different buildings. I could spend a day in each building and really get to look at everything. Nice. Yeah, I love those bigger locations that are just, just seem endless. I, I remember exploring this abandoned, I think it was a General Motors factory mm-hmm. out in Georgia. And it was just, it was so big. It was like five floors, factory floor, like offices, everything. It was crazy. And I, like, I love those big, big locations. And I mean, up in Washington, there's this uh, nuclear power plant and they have two cooling, well, one and a half cooling towers. It wasn't ever like fully constructed, but this band I, I knew rented it out to film some music videos. Yeah, that's cool. And they were like, hey, we know that you like exploring abandoned places. Do you want to come out and like film behind the scenes for us and then just explore for two days? And oh, I was yeah. obviously said, hell yeah. So <laughs> yeah. flew out there and it was like 600,000 square feet, oh, like yeah. underground tunnels, just completely endless. It was amazing. And they are my favorite thing about it was like the caretaker told me like, hey, if so if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, you're welcome to stay. Like, <laughs> that's cool that they uh, I'll be that's cool that they let them rent it out and use it and stuff though yeah yeah it was rad so you can like book tours there and you can like climb the cooling tower and go uh, all the yeah. way to the top to check and, that like, out dude it's nuts yeah it's nuts i'll send you a link to it it's pretty cool it's called the Satsop uh nuclear power plant okay. and yeah. it's like i i don't mind saying it because it's it's so well known out there but uh it's like two hours outside of seattle but super worth the drive if you can like book a book a trip there um and then my last question for you is, what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Probably for me, um, would just to be, be enjoy the moment and take it all in. Um, I know when I first started, I mean, when you first go, especially when you're by yourself, like I was, you're, you're kind of nervous and on edge and you don't want to get caught. And so I'm just kind of in there quick, trying to get my shots, not really like not really seeing everything, you know what I mean? Not seeing like all the small details and I miss a lot of stuff. Um, so there's some stuff like some places I've been back to two or three times and, and I see something different every time that had been there, but I just missed cause, cause I was either in a hurry or worried or whatever. And I didn't really, really take it in and kind of miss a, kind of miss some of the details. I got you. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I, I love that you've gotten to go back to like some of these spots. I think, more people should go back to their previous spots and like try to shoot them again. Cause like we were talking about earlier, a lot of these places change, Mm -hmm. you know, just either with decay or new graffiti or, you know, other, other factors that come into play with, with like abandoned places. So yeah, I, I admire that you go back to these places multiple times. I think that's super cool. And I, there's some places here in California that I wish I could go back to again, but they're just like, so sketchy now because of things like heightened security and like a police presence now. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to risk that, you know, I'm like, not, not about that life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple I've gone back to and did um, portrait sessions with people in. Um, So that's been cool. Mm. That's been cool too. But yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So if people want to keep following your journey or see your photography or maybe buy a photo print, uh, drop your social media and your uh, darkroom account. Yep. So um, on Instagram, it's just my name, Josh Metzger, M-E-D-S-K-E-R, photography. And then the uh, darkroom should be the same. I'm, I'm working on a website right now. It's almost done. So that'll just be the same. My name, photography.com when it's done. But yeah. All right, guys, that was my episode with Josh Metzger Photography. If you want to check his stuff out, I've put his links down in the description for you. 
If you like the show, like I said at the beginning, please leave a rating and feedback, and I will send you a signed photo print. I'll talk to you guys next week with another one. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, go explore something, and remember, leave no trace.